Hello. It's episode 70. And one. It's episode 71 and I'm here alone. No, I'm not alone. No. It's going to be it's a solo podcast, but it's solo in quotations because Meredith is here. I'm and the the podcast police. I thought you were going to be here for moral support. Well, that too, but also like gen- genuinely I th- you think maybe I should be here to protect whatever my interests are? I don't actually know. It's not. It's not going to be the same as last time. Okay. This, is, this isn't. This isn't about you. All right. We'll see. It's about me. And I'm not going to be bragging in any way, shape, or form. So I'm going to. I think everyone sees me as on a pedestal. <laughs> And I I hear it all the time. Well, how do you have your shit together? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. But I'm here to admit that I don't always have my shit together. I'm a real person. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. I bleed real blood. I do. So if you're not ready for a few laughs and for things to get real, then I suggest you just wait for episode 72. So probably 73 73 yeah skip skip this one skip the next one mm. but anyway there is absolutely nothing more in life i hate than being embarrassed is this the right time to tell you that you have something in your teeth <laughs> your bottom teeth though it looks like some watermelon you can see watermelon in my tooth I mean, my bottom tooth from way over there eating like flesh it's one over <laughs> It's like, yeah. What is that? It's been in there for like 10 minutes. I did just have watermelon. I don't know. I got it though. Did I get it? Um, Nope, but it's fine. (laughs) It'll probably come out. Okay, so there's nothing more I hate than being embarrassed. The sheer mortification, humiliation, and shame that I feel makes me literally want to die. And I do not use the word literally lightly. I always use literally in the very literal sense. Literally literal. Yes. When I feel embarrassed, I want to literally pass away. I want to slowly disappear off the earth as if I have never even lived to perish. Um, Fun fact, the word mortification comes from the Latin verb mortificare, meaning to put to death. I am a mere mortal, in fact, which literally means... Of a living being subject to death. I thought that was interesting because it's like you're mortified. But mortified is like a feeling. But it's also in relation to like being a person who can die. It's like you want to die. It all makes sense. You you can be both petrified and petrified. It's like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think petri and morti, probably two different base words from the latin flesh and petrified what is petrified i'll look that up i'll report back okay so with that i want to share some of my most embarrassing moments in a collection of stories Ooh, these stories were incredibly difficult to recall i truly think that because i hate the feeling of embarrassment so much that i near erased almost all memory of these incidences from my memory incidents incidents 
to scrap together these suppressed memories, I had to relive the moments that I did recall and relive them to their completeness. This experience alone was frankly downright unthinkable until it was. Thinkable? Thinkable. Thinkable enough to write it down. Mm-hmm. That was a highbrow joke. It was. Good catch. Until I had thought up all of these dead and dying slime-covered stories, I was living in bliss. It's like similar to when you pull up a collection of hair out of your shower drain. <laughs> it's like you kind of know they're there, but you can forget about it until it's like too much. Except that time we moved into a house and pulled up hair that wasn't ours. <laughs> that was <laughs> horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> so we were like <laughs> screaming. What is that? We thought there was an animal down there. Um, but anyways, I'm hopeful that this session today will help clear some of my shame and allow water to flow freely again. But to be clear, I'm doing this for you. But I'm also doing it as a form of therapy. So please enjoy. I'm going to warm up with an easy one. Really, it's just to paint the picture of how easily I feel incredibly embarrassed. It was, I mean, I, even as a kid, I would just, I would be so embarrassed about the smallest little things. So this story is titled The Cherry Red Snow Cone Incident. I can't recall exactly how old I was. I want to say around nine. My mom had taken me and my younger sister, Evan, to the Calgary Stampede, um, which is a 10-day fair and rodeo that occurs every summer in Calgary. As a, actually, my sister, I have to say, she's unfortunately not with us anymore. She died about 11 years ago from cancer. So there is going to be a story about her where she cannot defend herself. But um, I think she, she has told the story and has laughed about it. So no worries there. Um, so the Stampede is a 10-day fair. Um, it cur occurs, it starts on the first Friday and goes for 10 days every July. I thought it was two weeks. 10 days. 10 days. It's like Friday to Sunday. I stand corrected. As a very health-conscious nine-year-old, I decided I wanted a snow cone. If you aren't familiar, a snow cone is shaved ice with syrup poured on top. On that day, I decided on a red on red cherry. If you've never had a snow cone, they basically put a giant cup amount of snow or shaved ice on top of one of those tiny cone-shaped cups, like a water cooler cup. You know the ones that if you don't drink the water fast enough, they basically disintegrate? <laughs> yeah. So, of course, as I'm enjoying my bright red snow cone i am completely unaware that red syrup is dripping all over my white shirt <laughs> now i was a late bloomer so i still looked like a nine-year-old boy at the time thankfully this wasn't a wet t-shirt contest scenario by any means so you can get your mind out of the gutter over there i mean yeah it was in the gutter <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I did have, I did have nipples. You could probably see those, <laughs> but it was more like a snow cone murder scene. Well, yeah. Like you've been like po like stabbed in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, something from scary movie. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Gory. 
I was so embarrassed that I demanded that we immediately leave the grounds and head home. Any nine-year-old with any self-respect could not enjoy a fair and a stained t-shirt. We didn't end up packing up and heading home, but my sister, who throughout her entire childhood life didn't really seem to give a rat's ass about much, and definitely not what she looked like, traded shirts with me and sported a completely stained shirt in my honor. That is not surprising (laughs) at all. Yeah. She was a good one. She was also the the type of, of person who, like, she was the younger sister who would, like, ask where the bathroom was on my behalf because I was, like, too scared to do it. Oh. That explains our relationship. That is, that makes so much sense. That's yeah. basically my life. You had to do that for your sister? No, I do that for <laughs> you still. Jeez. <laughs> Anytime, like, like, we need to go ask a stranger for anything, it's like, Meredith, will you go deal with that? <laughs> like, we need to ask our neighbors to watch our house while we go on vacation. It's like, here's the conversation. It's like, we need to ask our neighbors to check on our house while we're gone. And then it's like, well, I guess I'll go get my shoes. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll, ba- I'll stay back here and man the house. <laughs> yeah, man the fort. Um, yeah, and then sometimes you'll say, like, I don't want to. Why don't you do it? And it's like, <gasps> what did you say? You want do your duty. Me? Alex Parker? To go talk to a, a stranger? That's it. Okay, so yeah. I mean, that kind of covers it. I was not a good older sister. <laughs> but hey, I did cover for her too in certain moments, which brings me to my next embarrassing story. And this one's called The Bonkers Balls Fiasco. Oh, it has a name. Yeah, they all do. <laughs> Um, have you been to a bonkers? No, but I've been to like a Chuck E. Cheese and like a celebration station. So it was the year 1990. The year was 19. It was, no, it was 19. I was like, I was around seven. I I can't remember the exact date. It's like 94. So, no, I was born in 89. So it was 1996. 96. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, which was when I was at the absolute height of my tomboy years. My Can you describe that visually for everybody? I looked like a seven-year-old boy. Like, I, there was n- nobody would have known that I was a girl, <laughs> except if I took my pants off. That's the only indication there was of me being a female. <laughs> like, full, like, I mean, I, I'll explain my outfit, but... There was, I was not at all. I was just into sports. I had short hair. It was like a mushroom cut Mm. kind of bob. But like short enough mushroom cut to not be a bob. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. And I like, I really like the, like the colored blues, probably wearing a blue shirt. Not that that's like, I mean, that's kind of, you know, gender typing maybe. We don't, we don't really do that. Blue is, blue is for girls and boys. But anyways, um, my best friend, Danielle. Her tomboy years conveniently coincided with mine. (laughs) So she had a matching haircut. (laughs) Um, My younger sister's best friend, Emily, so Evan's best friend, also happened to be Danielle's younger sister. So there were like four of us. Kind of like we would hang out together. But also like there was like a, a bit of a 
we would we would still fight because like I fought with my younger sister and Danielle fought with Emily. Okay, was there like a three musketeers situation? And if so, who was the fourth? Who was the outcast? No, there w- no, it was two and two. Two and two. It was like a superhero and their um It was like Batman sidekick, and Robin. But like and then like Superman and who's Superman's sidekick? Superman doesn't have a sidekick. Okay, well then who does? Um let's see here. It was like two Batman and Robins joined forces. So four. Um could do like there has to be another sidekick what about like the green hornet and kato yeah so batman and robin and then green hornet and kato yeah okay who was kato because that's a really important question <sighs> i mean i'm i was obviously batman so okay. that would make danielle robin mm-hmm. and then the green hornet was probably I don't know. Probably Evan. She instigated more stuff. So then the sidekick would have been Emily. Although Emily would not be pleased to hear this. I don't know. Kato's kind of kick ass. Like of all the sidekicks. That's the one you. He was like Bruce Lee played Kato. Oh, okay. Pretty sweet gig. Anyway. um, So the four of us were thriving together. And we lived across the street. So Emily was, I think, turning six. It was her birthday party. So that would make me seven. Danielle was eight. And then Evan was younger, like four or five. Um, so one thing to note about me and Evan was that we're very similar in some respects. We were both athletic and extremely competitive, but we are also very different. Um, I sported, as I mentioned, like basically boys youth gap attire. And then I was also really into like Paul Frank. Oh, is that the monkey? It is. Yeah. So I, I had, I had like a sweater. lot of Paul Frank t-shirts. And then my sister, like, although she wasn't like too concerned about her, what she looked like, she definitely was more on like the girly side. Like she liked dresses and she liked the color pink and sparkles and that sort of thing. So of course we're at Bonkers, which was the local birthday hotspot. And basically just like a bunch of ball pits and like things to climb on and like soft mats. And of course, Evan was wearing a dress, which also like, why are you wearing a dress at Bonkers? Because she wanted to wear a dress. The four of us were climbing over. I like I remember this and I know how things are with memory. You don't actually remember things the way that they actually happened almost all the time. Revisionist history. Yeah, that was a great episode. Um, but the way I recall this happening is the four of us were climbing up like a slanted kind of padded wall and it had little like spots where you put your hands and feet so you could climb up it. And Evan and Emily were in front of me and Danielle. And all of a sudden I noticed fluid streaming down under my hands and feet, (laughs) like, like a a stream. (laughs) And I was like (coughs) confused (laughs) And then, like, kind of, like, it was almost like Why something like... Why is it warm? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it touched me. Why is it so salty? And then I realized what was happening, and Evan was peeing. <laughs> and I was like... So, of course, like, as any, like, kind older sister who has their younger sister's best interests at heart... You ratted I, her out? I panicked <laughs> and yelled, Evan, <laughs> did you pee? <laughs> Her response, no. (laughs) 
I mean, that's normal. I would say that's like a normal response. She was like, she was the type of person who like, she would not stop her activity to go to the washroom. Like she would be skiing. This actually happened. And she just like, she wouldn't go inside and she would just pee. And like, it, it would trickle down her legs and go into her ski boots. Oh my and God. Ski boots are very hard to clean. No, you just wouldn't. You would just, they would have like dry urine in the line. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to tell you what we did with those old ski boots. I'm not going to throw my dad under the bus. <laughs> um, okay, so she did pee. I was right. She was, <laughs> she owned up to it. Not only was that ball pit closed for the remainder of the party, but because I was the one who was smart enough to wear pants that day, I had to give Evan my panties so that she wouldn't be commando for the rest of the afternoon in a dress. I mean, and apparently commando back then wasn't as acceptable as it is now, at least by me. Like not asking the question, like how did panties for a seven year old fit a (laughs) four year old? Well, she was two years younger than me. So we were only two years apart and I was always on the smaller side. So maybe that's how it worked out. That makes sense. She was always a little like as a kid, chunkier. My question is like, how, how do they, like, do they close the ball pit and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're we're cleaning this don't worry yeah but then like how do you actually clean it you just that's a great question and the thing is like kids knew kids knew what had happened Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure people knew i was commando like my memory of this and i I, again i could have made this all up in my own head but i remember somebody making fun of me for having no panties for having no panties on man if they just if they (laughs) looked at you now you're like i don't wear panties ever so nope jokes on you so that was pretty embarrassing for me. And I don't think Evan was embarrassed at all. She said, whatever. I <laughs> peed. <laughs> She's like, oops. Next. Anyway, my next story is about you. Oh, good. And it's titled, When Everything Changed. Three years ago, I farted on a lever- leather couch <laughs> after <laughs> squeezing my butt cheeks to try to hold it in. <laughs> and if you know anything about farts, there are two ways to make them sound extra loud. Number one, sit on a leather couch. Number two, squeeze your butt cheeks. We all fart. maybe (laughs) great one that was basically it it wasn't that bad i didn't know there were no poo particles okay so my back to my point we all fart every day we all do it why are we so horrified if another human being happens to hear them i've wondered this like my whole life that like even if a stranger hears me fart that's embarrassing What levels things up is when you're in a new relationship. (laughs) At the time of this fart, we'd been together for two years and in a stalemate for two years. A a farting stalemate. A standoff. Yeah. That's, according to my calculations, 730 days, which is at least 1,460 farts 
if you fart twice a day, which I think it's actually more than that, that have to be silent. Maybe a little less because we're not together that entire time and partially because we were long distance. So let's just say a thousand silent farts. Yep. A thousand. Yep. A thousand silent farts all gone to shit. Literally. Good wordplay. Literally. Sometimes. Do you remember too, like sometimes when you hold them in, your stomach starts to get like, yeah. My dad told me the other day that he read somewhere that if, if you hold in a fart, like the air will escape as a burp. No, it can't come all the way up. There's like the air has to go somewhere. Yeah, but it can't go all the way. Like you have some one way checks and valves and okay, it doesn't, you can't go from like anus to lips. Like that's not (laughs) how that works. Yeah. Like how does the, the gas on the way back up, like get a new smell associated with it. Yeah, like, can you imagine? It like, drops the sulfur somewhere. Burping up methane. That would be, I think that's a, yeah, that would that be a would problem. Be gross. Okay, so of course, when the fart came out, I did my best to pretend it didn't happen. Maybe she didn't hear it. I proceeded to continue talking. Yes, it happened while I was talking. <laughs> so anyways, Meredith did what any caring and considerate loved one would do and said, wait, wait, wait. Did you just fart? <laughs> is it over is the standoff over and i died at that moment i died did you was that embarrassing for you it was pretty bad it was like i have to i have to like i have to own this now (laughs) it's the only way (laughs) i can't (laughs) deny it i wanted to say no but i couldn't but like on some level did you realize like both of our lives were about to get way better let me get to it so then I was laughing with you because even though I wasn't in a laughing mood, I was mortified. I had to laugh with you because I didn't want you laughing at me. Yeah. Your eyes weren't laughing. No, I was suffering inside. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, when I think back and that was like three years ago, what's more unfortunate is that that was not the moment that changed the relationship. I never felt comfortable enough to fart in front of her. You again until you farted in front of me until i finally heard that little puff of your digestive air slip through the crack <laughs> like that although i feel like there was more there was a louder sound <laughs> that was the moment things changed and we lived happily ever after that's a good story my favorite is when you hear the silent ones yeah you're like hold up <laughs> what was <laughs> Was it? Was that your butthole? (laughs) It was. It's like, is it better to just stand normally and let the fart escape and make a sound? Or like shift your weight to one side as to like open your butt crack a bit to allow for a silent fart that still says to the person, (laughs) I'm farting. (laughs) I just want to be courteous. I don't want to startle you. I don't know. Okay. That one was actually pretty embarrassing. I, I, I do remember that story. I remember yeah. that. Well. The next one is kind of along the same lines. It's a, it's a bit of a, a poop story, but not, not in the most disgusting way that you would think. And it's called The Tale of Two Brendas. So as most of you probably know, my mom, Brenda, and I have a pretty close relationship. When I was in law school, I dealt with a lot of stress and anxiety. 
and I can't remember why exactly, but one random day I was texting to let my mother know some very important news that I had taken a big poop and I'm not even kidding. And that's not the most embarrassing part of the story. The embarrassing part was that I actually sent a text with that great news to my landlord, who also happened to be named Brenda. <laughs> and apparently I didn't learn my lesson. My second to last embarrassing story is called, Why Does Instagram Hate Me? <laughs> I think I remember this one. December 13th, 2019. I sent a direct message, a.k.a. a DM, for the cool kids out there listening, to Danny Spiegel. It says, and I quote, She's not even close to meeting the depth standard or the extension at the top <laughs> of the standard, but at least the judge is doing a good job of pretending to judge. <laughs> no response from Danny Spiegel. But another DM from me, which said, Sorry, <laughs> My coach sent that to me and I thought I was responding to him. Not your fault for doing the reps the way that you do them. If they are going to let you skirt, then you might as well skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how that ended. She did respond to that. And it said, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like M-M-H-M-M. Mm-hmm. That is... Yeah. It's just like the most cringy. I know. That makes me, I, I remember that. Like I was there. I remember everything about that. It's like you do it and you're like, shoot, what have I done? <laughs> and I think back then, I don't know if you could not like unsend DMs before they've been seen. No, that was not it a was thing un back it then. It was undoable, non-undoable. It was there. Permanent record. And, um. And there have been no other DMs in our message history. She doesn't want to talk to you anymore? I don't think so. That's too bad. I mean, the good news is, is like, I didn't really have much of a relationship with Danny Spiegel to begin with. So it's not like I ruined anything. Yeah. But no. Anyway, if you're one of those people who has not accidentally responded to someone's story directly when trying to send it to a friend, consider yourself lucky. I've never done that. You've never done that? I've had it done to me. People are like, oh, shoot, sorry. Yeah, I've had it done to me, but I've never done it. Meant to send that to my girlfriend. But I'm and also like, like a technophile and I don't make these mistakes. Yeah, well. That was, God, that was so bad. That was so funny. That was not funny. But yeah, I learned my lesson. I finally did. <sighs> okay, this last one, it's titled, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, Yeah. And <laughs> this would be if you have your kids listening. I know. I already I said it's a good time for earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Carry on. It's this story rates at least 13 out of 10 on the embarrassment scale. I can't wait for you to tell this. It's actually so embarrassing that it has been submitted, submitted anonymously by myself <laughs> to protect the identity of the teller. It's almost, it is almost too horrific to tell. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I am going so far out of my comfort zone here. I can't believe you're going to tell this. It's borderline inappropriate. I can't believe you're going to tell this story. Okay. I came out as gay when I was 26. And 
because it was so late, late is relative, but for me it seemed late, I didn't really date or experience dating and the aspects that come with it as a teenager or in my early 20s because I wanted nothing to do with penises. I mean, men, men, men in that way. You get the point. Dicks. So compared to most 26-year-olds, I would consider myself a rookie. On top of being a complete rookie, and you're going to have to like read between the lines here. So basically like 26-year-old <laughs> virgin. <laughs> virgin. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but also, like I said, like I was really scared. I didn't say that yet. I was scared shitless. Like <laughs> scared of like being gay. Like, the possibility of me being gay was really scary. So, like, the possibility of me, like, not just dating another woman or being a gay person, but kissing another woman was scary. And then, of course, doing anything beyond kissing was really scary. Um, like, I think, and I'll talk about this a bit at the end, like, there was a lot of shame. Like, it wasn't okay. It was abnormal. Um... So, and like I did date men, but it, it's different. It's like, you just don't really care as much. You don't feel like, you know, it's not the same. It's Uh. hard to explain, but you get it, right? Yeah. I mean, been there. (laughs) So it was a lot, like just like moving into that part of my life was a lot and in a good way, but a lot to handle. And also we're getting pretty personal here, but anyways, so even after I came out like as gay and like started dating, I really shied away from like any real intimacy. I think partially because I knew that I didn't know what I was doing and I was really scared to make a fool of myself. I didn't want to face my fears, but in hindsight, I probably should have just dove right into the deep end sooner to get what was inevitable over with. Or like maybe a good (laughs) Google search. (laughs) I was too scared. I was, like, scared of watching porn. It was like I, d- I couldn't, like... If I Google it, then they'll know. Maybe. Yeah, it was like you almost admit it to yourself. It's like I'd rather just, like, put a blindfold on and hope for the best. Yeah, I was going to say, so we're kind of... We are literally fly- <laughs> flying blind Yeah, here? Okay. pretty much. Like, except for the fact that, like, obviously I had my own toolbox. But, again, really just shied away completely (laughs) i can't believe i'm admitting this we all have our stories we do yep you can tell yours after okay (laughs) okay and and i did note here honestly this is probably something most people deal with whether they're gay or not yeah at some point maybe when they're 14 instead of when they're 26 but it happens it's okay (sighs) we've all seen the 40 year old virgin (laughs) that's based on a true story i'm sure Someone's ah, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> okay, so here goes. I'm pretty nervous. What's your heart rate right now? It's you really should. high. I'm really nervous. Like I'm giving a speech. You're getting shiny. Okay, I was dating someone. What's who her had name? No, no. <laughs> been out for a long while. Ah. So long enough to be considered experienced. Mm-hmm. After a couple weeks, I can't remember the exact time frame. We found ourselves getting more intimate. And then I'm just going to go ahead and skip right to the chase here to protect my own honor. Oh, you're skipping, you're skipping to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. Something happened. Did you, did you, we'll just say knock on the back door by accident? I 
I may have did you misjudged. You went for the <laughs> things two, were the two. But hole? thankfully, thankfully, uh-huh. she was quick enough to be like, "Whoa, no!" Well, I Lots mean, too far. I don't know if you've ever had someone do that to you, but like the only proper response is like, "Oh." <laughs> That's it. That's the only, like, that's all you can do. Even if you're trying to be sensitive, you have to have that response. Yeah, it's just like a natural, like, that is, excuse me, that's one way, exit only, thank you. I was, I'm, even just now, I'm mortified. Why am I doing this? I don't know. It was horrific. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. I've never felt so legit this was the most embarrassing experience of my entire life. So how did you, like, recover? How did you come back from that? For the following days, it was so bad that I walked around and it, I felt like everyone was looking at me like they know they knew what I had done. Maybe they did. They were like, "What a fucking rookie! What an idiot! You should be ashamed of yourself. Like, you girl, should be embarrassed. Go get a mirror." <laughs> <laughs> I was swimming in a pool of regret. Yeah, embarrassment. I mean, uh, shame. Understandable. I couldn't even look at myself I in the mirror. Don't blame you. It took like it it did take and I'm not exaggerating here. I remember telling myself like just it'll be okay eventually. And it probably took a week where I was like I can now refocus on things in my life. Yeah, I'm like how did you even do school during that time? Barely did. Yeah. Even to this day I struggle. It's it's like a PTSD situation. Well, I mean just imagine how she feels. <laughs> She was a little bit more like free and open than me. So yeah. I feel like she's not, she probably didn't even remember it. Probably I mean, like she, she probably didn't even really remember it right after it happened. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's just like also not the first time that that has happened. Probably not. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're, you're cringing mortified and I'm causing these feelings for you. People are like shook. They're like, <laughs> wait, wait, lesbians don't have sex. What are you talking about? You guys just like, hold hands and like smooch sometimes no yeah lesbians have sex yeah and they make mistakes i mean like uh, i think this 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 podcast might be a little bit on the taboo side but you know what like i'm normalizing things yeah girl i am for yourself for everyone out there and honestly like you're welcome this is a cautionary tale Make sure you you Google search. Yeah. Look at MapQuest before you take off. There's somebody out there who's thankful right now. Yeah. Or like in a future situation, they're going to be like, man, I'm glad I listened to Alex talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I can tell you're relieved to be done that story. I'm probably going to cut this out, but. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So as bad as I consider all of those, especially the last one. I am thankful. I'm one of the lucky ones who's gotten through all 32 and a half years of my life without a period mishap. Really? Yep. Wow. I mean, like, there's little stuff, but nothing, like, worth telling the story. Nothing's going to trump the last story. No, yeah. And it's probably because I live those five days of every month in complete another fear of even the slightest possibility of something happening, (laughs) let alone letting anyone even know that I'm a person that gets a period. I'm one of those people who will spend five minutes in the public bathroom stall slowly unpacking a tampon to ensure no one hears it, recognizes the sound of the opening of a tampon wrapper, and discovers that I am without baby. That's I even do that when the bathroom's empty, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) 
like that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. If you've ever been it, like you're, if you're out, you're really in a pinch and you're like, you don't have one. And so you have to use one of the ones that are in public bathrooms. Oh God, and those like, are brutal. Okay. There's a few things that are brutal about it. number one. It's just like cardboard. <laughs> with no, like, well, there's no rounded. What kind of psycho I made know. this? But then the worst part is it doesn't, it's not like a nice plastic opening one. Like you can just sort of gently like quietly open it. It's like hard paper. It really is like. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Except louder. So not only do people, your, your stall mates, the person beside you in the next stall, know that you have your period. They also know that you don't, you weren't smart enough to prepare to bring your own tampon and you had to buy one of the ones they're probably like i would give her one of my nice ones but she needs to learn her lesson (laughs) (laughs) you know like we should be grateful because tampons used to be like that big and no applicator and so like how the hell did you like secretly take it out of your purse or like take it out of your backpack and put it in you know your t-shirt walking to the bathroom so no one would know I don't know. Have you ever heard uh, Amy Schumer talk about like locker when she was at like a, a spin class or something and she didn't have a tampon. And so she looked around and she was like, yeah, so I just got my period. Does anyone have a tampon? And this woman's like, yeah, you can, you can have one of mine. And she hands her one. And she looks at it. And she's like, and it was a regular. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, do you have like three more of these? <laughs> one regular tampon is going to last me. <laughs> <laughs> the walk to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disgusting. Who uses regular? That's on pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever interested, and the, again, this is just to make me feel better in my attempt to normalize these topics. Um, Meredith and I just watched Cameron Esposito's. It's like from years ago. The best period joke ever. Yeah. Just look that up on YouTube. <laughs> she gets extreme. It's so good. I'm bleeding out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) My body is bleeding out of my body from my body. (laughs) Whoa. But also true. So hilarious. It's like, if you think a period is disgusting, fuck you. (laughs) You don't don't even know. know how disgusting it is. Is she talking about how men are just like, oh, ew. She's like, you don't even have the slightest idea. Yeah. (laughs) So perfect. Chunks (laughs) of my body. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So then to wrap it up, there are some smaller embarrassing or more like awkward moments that I struggle with. I get called sir here and there, especially since obviously since I cut my hair short. When I wear a hat and a mask or anytime I'm wearing a helmet like skiing or biking, I usually get called like a boy or sir. It's usually sir. And I usually don't say anything because like, what's the point? It just makes the other person uncomfortable. So why have both people uncomfortable when it really should just, I mean, if the only one person needs to be uncomfortable here and I don't want to make somebody else feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, like, why do you have, why do you have to use the word sir or ma'am? I have never once called a person sir. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. I mean, I did, but I grew up in the South. And well, I don't. And I never have. Like, I'm 32. You're really like, yeah, you're more of a lad. If anything. <laughs> Excuse me there, lad. Exactly. Excuse me. It's lass. 
It's actually, I'm a lass. Like, I'm not a ma'am and I'm not a sir. No, you're just an Alex. I'm, I am who I am. Um, okay, and then this is my last point. <sighs> it's getting a little bit deeper here. Oh, we're going to the deep end? Deeper in a different way. I, and I kind of talked about this, but there's still, like, I still do feel quite a bit of shame around being gay. Um, and I'm aware of, like, it most of the time. Like, Meredith and I talk about this quite a bit. And it's not always in a bad way, but I, you just, like, you carry it with you. Um, and it's funny because the coming out was the most freeing experience in my life. But I'm not, like, comfortable yet telling everyone, like, or kissing Meredith in public or even wearing a rainbow shirt in certain environments. Like, there's some moments where I just want to be treated like I have, like, an, like I'm a, a normal person. Like, there's nothing, I'm not different. Like, I don't want to go to a hotel and check in and the people to look at us and be like, are you sure you want a king bed? And then that's a, like, it's an, it's an example where you have to say like, well, yeah, yeah, we're together. Like, I just, sometimes I don't want to do that. Or if someone says like, um, you know, when you go to the doctor and they're like, any chance you're pregnant and you're like, nope. They're, they're like, like, well, are you on, are you on birth control? Are you taking contraception? Like, you're like, nope, nope I'm <laughs> just gay. I <laughs> literally the best contraception that there is. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like, I don't know. It's not the worst thing ever really, but it's like, it's, you're just aware of it. So anyways, um, I p like I post photos of us all the time. People know we're a couple, but like never once have we posted a photo of us kissing each other. And like the one post you posted a while back, like in the open where you kind of like were measuring my head and got like extra close to me. Like we were almost going to kiss. Like uh, there's people on there like making mean comments. Like why the hell do you think it's appropriate to put this on the internet? It's like, what? Yeah. Anyway. Um, and like, we have a wedding coming up and as much as I know I deserve it, there's part of me that doesn't feel like I do like, and I, I know that's not the case. Like I have, I know plenty of people getting married, having same sex relationships and getting married. And I think of them just as, as deserving to have a wedding as a straight couple. Um, but there's like this feeling in me. And so like a part of me wants to say that this is my issue. Like I, I carry this, it's on me to change it. But I don't necessarily think that's wholly the case. I think society is also to blame. But again, like it's it's hard for me to really like pinpoint what that is. Like I think it is the comments on Instagram or it's the fact that like we can walk hand in hand and somebody might say like, oh, yay, like good for you. It's like, really? Do you have to like point out that we're, you know, lucky to be together or like you're so brave to hold hands with a lady? So... I was um, reading a Scientific American article that stated that we feel shame when we violate the social norms that we believe in. Shame is, is the uncomfortable sensation we feel in the pit of our stomach when it seems we have no safe haven from the judging gaze of others. And I would say, like, I sometimes feel that. And I certainly felt it when I, like, before I came out. Like, when I was realizing I was gay. Every time I kind of, like, my I would try to, like, push it under the co the covers of the carpet and there would be moments where somebody would say like oh that's so gay and it would like trigger this feeling of shame it's like oh my god that's me i have to hide who i am um 
And I guess like to say, like, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm, I'm probably going to get at least empathy and I'll talk about that. But I'm simply just like sharing how I feel on this topic of being embarrassed and guilt and shame and what I'm discovering about myself as I navigate this world. Like, it's fun to laugh at ourselves and each other for doing things that are embarrassing. Like, hell, I just did it for 15 minutes. But like this kind of shame isn't right. And I recorded this episode to make you laugh, but I also did it for another reason. Like, burying shame is what gives it power over me. What I'm doing here is the opposite. I'm exposing it. I can be more careful about who I text, DM, or do my research before finding myself completely incompetent in a given situation, but I can't change being gay. It's who I am. And I would never in a million years go back in the closet. And I wanted to share my shame to open up my flaws so that I'm not held hostage. The empathy that you might feel and that comes from me sharing what I believe I should be hiding the most is maybe something that I, it's the love and acceptance that I maybe deep down desire. And I get that by not hiding who I am or what brings me shame. And then I think, like I do realize I'm finding, I can, I realize I, I could be walking a bit of a fine line here. Like I'm sharing my experience, but I don't want to send the message that another person should feel shame for my same reasons or for a similar reason or for any reason, like shame is personal. I think what is not personal is the fact that we all feel it to some degree. It's like a, it's a human commonality and I, there's a biological reason for it. So I guess that's to point out, like, just because I feel shame doesn't mean you should just because I feel shame doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. I think it's, there's a lot of different factors, but, um, I guess like that's all to say that I'm thankful that I have this platform to do it on. And I hope you all laughed, cringed and potentially learned something new. <laughs> and in, in light of pride month this month, it's June 1st, Meredith and I are going to do um, a whole episode on pride and some of this stuff. So stay tuned.